I had a wonderful conversation with Sharon Facate on her podcast, The Doctor Whisperer Podcast. We recorded this last week in the midst of the corona pandemic, which is ravaging our country and the rest of the world. We discussed its effect on small businesses, looking for positivity in the dark times, and maintaining a positive and strong mindset. I think you're going to love this conversation. Hello, welcome to the podcast slash video Zoom slash New York to Tampa Bay. This is, uh, it's, good, it's good to be here. It's good to, good to see you again. I think last time we did just a phone podcast. You did, you uh, were driving from- Yeah, I was coming back from the city. Yeah. So yeah. you are in, you're in Suffolk County. I'm in Nassau. You're in Nassau? What yeah, so I, my, I have an office in Nassau and an office in Manhattan. No, um, I know that, but I thought you were, what, what town are you? I'm in Brookville. Brookville, okay. So I was, I had it all planned out because I thought you were from Suffolk. I was going to make fun of you. <laughs> no, I'm Nassau. I'm Nassau. Yes. Nassau strong. That's right. I'm kidding. I love We're our- getting killed here too. Nassau's getting killed also. I'm so sorry. Like it's, uh, it's, it's just a gut-wrenching, horrible time. It is. It's crazy. I mean, in a million years, I mean, never would I have expected anything like this. I mean, any of us, you know? No. Well, and what it seems like it's been a couple of weeks, honestly, it literally seems like it's been like months. Yeah. Already, well, you know? I listened to your podcast interview with that um, patient. Yeah. Well, he, he was in Suffolk. He was from Suffolk County. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It was Suffolk. And I was going to say, it's with the land of wearing Sergio Valente and electric <laughs> blue eyeliner. That was, you know, back in the day when yeah. I was a young. Yeah. You're yeah. younger than me. I remember so, that as well. You do? Yeah. So he was pretty um fascinating and he was in the medical industry he yeah, he's a rep he's a rep for um devices yeah, he's a device sales guy man when i heard that he was at jacob javits and yeah it's crazy right and this was weeks before everything really went down which just goes to show you i mean this has been in new york for months you know and... well that's why they call it you know covid 19 not covid 20 right exactly yeah. And um, listen, I'm not that smart. It was one of my doctors that brought that up. Yeah, that's it. You know, one day I was like, well, how in the world has it just caught on this quickly? Yeah. And, um, and they were like, look at, look at the name again, Sharon. Absolutely right. My God, it really has. So, so many things I want to ask you, but yeah. I, I really am super grateful. I mean, I think you know what uh, I'm a super fan. Can there be a super <laughs> fan of Dr. Mudgill? I love it. I mean it. I mean, and I haven't, the only time that you don't see me like commenting is because I'm just super busy, which has been lately. So I say that like with so much empathy for people that are not, um, not working right now. Which a lot of people, I mean, what is like six, over 6 million people now, it's probably closer to 10 million. I mean, that are unemployed, that have filed for unemployment. I mean, there's a lot of people that just aren't working in general. Well, it was funny because somebody said to me the other day that the uh, the website isn't working for unemployment. And I'm like, well, you, yeah, yeah, in New York and in Florida, everywhere, because yeah. everybody is, is going through it. Now, I know all about the loans that are available to us as business owners and uh, self-employed. I can promise you, I haven't even looked at it yet. And there's only one reason I do that is because of exactly what I just said about unemployment and yeah. the websites, yeah. like all the stuff, just like me and you just worked out technology yeah. for a minute. Yeah. Everything is, is like intensified right now. 
it's almost like just just give it a week yeah. wait for all of that to go away we are blessed enough like i always think like i'm in my house right totally totally right like i'm not i'm not homeless i'm not uh, yeah but it really puts things i mean into glaring perspective you know right. when stuff like this happens uh, so I, I feel like me and you could have a cry fest because i yeah. Fell in love with Dr. Mudgill, everybody, because I listened to his podcast with his mother. Yeah, I actually had to send her home. She was with me. I'm still seeing patients. I'm still seeing emergency patients and stuff. And she's 81. Mm. And I said, Ma, you got to go home, you know, because it's not safe, you know. Where is home safe. for her? She's in Rockville Center. So she's in Nassau also. But I haven't seen her in like weeks, you know, just because she's home, you know. And that's the, that's the safest place for her to be. Oh, 100%. I, um, my parents live 1.2 miles away from me, also Nassau County. Well, actually, they're from Ireland. Mm -hmm. So immigrant families, both of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why, I mean, it's not the only reason why, but I think that when you have overcome any kind of adversity in your life, when these things happen, getting into perspective quicker maybe than others, mm -hmm. it's because we've already been through it. And if you want to know, you know, your family listening to that podcast. I posted on my personal page today because I wanted all my New York peeps to to hear you and love you up as soon as, you know, you're going back full force because um, I, I would certainly be going to see you myself if <laughs> I was still in Long Island. Yeah. Well, but, if, um, if you're ever back, you know where to find me. Well, I'll be, I'll be there. And I definitely have to get you hooked up with my doctor, Cook, because she's on Park Avenue and she's still seeing patients. She actually reached out to me. I think I, I spoke to her last, we had a, a nice little phone conversation uh, last year. Good. Well, I, I brought you up again to her recently because that you do the PRP for hair. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, she was going to fly here because I have a doctor around the corner that does it. And I was just going to let her shadow. And I'm like, hold on a second. I know there's got to be somebody I'm not thinking of. I'm like, oh my God, I go right on your website. I'm like, of course he's doing it. Yeah, yeah, totally. We do tons of it. We yeah. were doing tons of it, I should say. Oh yeah. So tell me what it's like right now, because so many things I want to talk about with you. Yeah. How, how long do I have you for? I got time. I think I have a, I have a telehealth visit at 2.30, I think is my oh, next perfect. one. perfect. I, I got some time. We won't bore everybody yeah. with our nonsense for an hour, but... Um, that's good to know because there are so many things I want to talk to you about today. Number one, so you are seeing um, telehealth patients right now. So tell me what that looks like. Yeah, so basically what we're doing is, when, the minute I saw this coming, um, it was about a week before New York City was about to shut down, maybe a few days before New York City was shut down. Mm -hmm. I'd always done some kind of telehealth stuff with just using FaceTime or WhatsApp. And I was like, you know, I needed like a better system to do it. Mm -hmm. like, so Give me an example. Like, if somebody you knew had a mole, yeah, like a patient, you know, would say, "Hey, you know," like, or or I get from Instagram, I get a lot of like international yeah. questions, and so we That's would set up this, that following. Yeah, so we used to set up we set up a virtual consult for those patients who lived overseas. Yeah, to talk about whatever their issues were, and then we know we just basically charged the whatever the fee was before the consultation. Mm -hmm. um, but with all of this going on, I was like, well, you know, I really need to set up a more sort of sturdy infrastructure for telehealth. And I found this awesome, I just kind of happened onto this awesome software, which is like really cheap. It's like 39 bucks a month. It's called Doxy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, 
So my IT guy uh, worked for a big hospital for years and years and years. He's on his own now. He's, uh, he's kind of like a concierge IT rep, which mm -hmm. I love. So he, he takes care of all of my clients um, in the medical industry. And that was the first thing he recommended. And I'm very interested, of course, how, I mean, I took a screenshot. I'm sure you saw that of your homepage mm -hmm. because I know that there's only going to be a few people that are going to take this as an opportunity Yeah. or they're going to take this as like, I'm going downhill. And I knew you, <laughs> that's why I wanted to interview you so bad because I knew you were going to be like a source of inspiration for a lot of my clients and just friends that are doctors yeah, totally. or anybody in the healthcare industry right now. Cause I am like, I'm like adversity. Yes. You know, let's yeah. go, let's do this. Let's yeah. pivot. Let's um, create something different. So when I went on your website, I laughed to myself. I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to take a screenshot of that because that is exactly what every website should have right now, especially. Yeah. Totally. So the first thing I actually did was I contact my, I mean, I've been using this year since January, I've been using patient pop, you know, which I'm sure some of oh, yeah. you well, like that. They're cool. You know, it's fine. You know, I needed to like improve the, I, even though I, you know, to be honest, I actually like my old website just aesthetically, but this is more for like SEO purposes. And I think it just functions better from that perspective. Mm -hmm. So I worked with them and I'm pretty OCD. So like literally, you know, with the, um, like the aesthetic of the website, you know, we work very closely with them. But the cool thing is once this hit, like, so I knew telehealth was going to be a big part of what I do. Yeah. So I contacted them and I said, listen, I need like a link for telehealth and I need like a mask on yeah. like website. So they set it up really, really quickly. Awesome. I have a Florida license, a Jersey license, a New York license and a Connecticut license because I, I do pathology and like the plan was to expand my Durham path, but I called my Google. you have a Florida license? I do. So I called my Google ads guy and I said, listen, yeah. let's run some ads in every market in Florida, Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, particularly places that are underserved and don't have dermatologists. Yes. Um, just because the cost per click will be more reasonable. Um, mm -hmm. So we're actually setting that up right now. Um, just trying to, you know, make some lemonade. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to just tell you a story and it has to do with a dermatologist. Okay. You're, you're going to love this because I think that you're going to help him. And I'm going to send this video to him and he can choose because a lot of my doctors imagine, uh, I was actually told not too long ago by a physician, you know, Sharon, you should hire a doctor because if you hired a doctor, more doctors would listen to you. I was like, uh, I'm good, but, um, yeah. that's never going to happen because I have a hard enough time convincing my doctors to do anything. Totally. And you, that's why I was like obsessed. And I'm like, I told everybody to watch you. And I'm positive nobody did except one. Yeah. Positive of it. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to um, recap the old interview. Um, that's, you know, obviously not going to be as good as this with our very high tech equipment yes. that we have zooming Absolutely. recording, but this dermatologist. So um, I have a 16 year old stepson. Mm -hmm. And um, he's on Accutane. And I have been so busy because of this, right? Like, well, my docs are like, what do I do? Because I own a media company and mm -hmm. I, I help them consult just in the every day of the business. So um, 
my husband says, hey, Sharon, can you pick up uh, Cooper today from the doctor? Now, this was last week, okay? And uh, you know when you're so busy and you're like listening, but like you're not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> not that we ever do that to our spouses, right? But um, I was like, no, I, I can't. I have to run a workshop. And then I had a moment of clarity where I was like, what do you mean he's going to the doctor? Like, what do you realize that it's COVID-19 and if we don't have to go anywhere? Because this is a routine follow-up yeah. with Accutane. Yeah. So I, was, I wasn't happy. And that's why I'm talking about this because uh, we both love a, a certain individual in the business community named Gary Vaynerchuk. That's how I originally found out about you. And I'm going to be real uh, authentic about this right now. I was, I was really upset. So yeah. I called and I had a telehealth appointment set up. Now they were using FaceTime uh -huh. because of course, every restriction in terms yeah. of HIPAA compliance is null and void right now. Right. But um, it was like this mass hysteria of confusion. So anyway, long story short, we do the telehealth. It's three minutes. They made $20 on the copay. Yeah. So my calculations is, a shit ton of money an hour for that, yeah. right? That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Three minutes, yeah. 20 bucks, not bad. Yeah. So then they wanted to make a follow-up appointment with me in April. Now this is, the, this is why I'm saying this because this is the doctor's office. So this is, you know, I'm not putting anybody out on blast here, but I'm saying this is serious stuff. So then they wanted me to schedule an, an appointment in a month to come into the office. And I mm -hmm. said, no, 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 I'm not coming in the office in a month. I don't know what you guys are being told there, but this is going to go, I mean, this is going to go on yeah. for a while. We know this. Totally. I mean, the only issue, so I did a bunch of Accutane follow-ups this morning, actually, coincidentally, mm -hmm. usually with Accutane, I mean, we have, we check blood work monthly, which is like the only like issue. I mean, I've been obviously giving all my patients a pass. Like, I'm not going to make them go to a lab right. and get Corona. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I've been telling all my patients is, listen, I'll give you the meds, making sure they're not pregnant, you know, all the things that, you know, for female patients, et cetera. Right. And said, so, listen, and look, 16 year old. Right. So well, it happens. I mean, not, not a 16 year old boy, but, um, but I, oh, I, yeah. I, oh, I know. <laughs> so I said, so I, I tell my patients, listen, let's, I'll give you a month supply of meds. We'll check in in a month. If it's the same situation and the world is like it is now, which most likely it will be, then we'll do the same thing. You know, if I can see you in person, then obviously that's more ideal for an Accutane follow-up. But if you can't, you can't. You know, what are you going to do? You have to kind of be, you have to kind of bend the rules a little bit. And, you know, this, these are very, you know, there's never been a time like this, yeah. you know? No, and we have to adjust. But, we, yeah. you know, I know that it's not the doctor that owns the practice that was telling me this is a girl up front. Yeah. Right? There's my whole other thing. Like, what right. does the communication look like at this time? Yeah if we can offer something like telehealth, because remember, yeah. there was a physical appointment made. He was going to go had I not intervened and yeah. said, let's do telehealth. So yeah. I, I brought that up and, I, and this wasn't planned, but I brought that up because I do think that this is very easy. I mean, look at us, We're, you're in New York, I'm yeah. in Tampa Bay, we're totally. doing a video. You know, if I wanted you to look at a spot, you know, you yeah. might be able to hook me up a little bit. It's yeah. never gonna be like coming in the office. Yeah. The, the patient touch doctor thing isn't going away. I know that's a real fear. Yeah. That's been the fear, but now, now we're here. Now it's like, you don't have a choice now. You're going to have to do something yeah. with technology. So can you 
So first, I guess I want to selfishly help my community of physicians because I'm going to ask all of them to listen to this. Mm -hmm. When you, obviously, when we all heard about COVID-19, especially my, you know, doctors, healthcare, nurses, dentists, every industry is affected in so many different ways. You know, you're all putting yourselves at risk, being open, seeing patients, mm -hmm. the, the nurses, you know, nobody's getting as much credit as they should. I'm wearing UPS every day yeah, because my probably. husband is an essential worker and he's out there right now. Yeah. Every same. time I drive by a UPS truck, you know, we're at a red light. I always roll down my window and say, thank you. Thank you, you know. for doing that because it's not the same here in Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that it's, it's so important that even if we just smile at somebody and say totally. thank you, right? It makes all the difference. Absolutely. So you, was it always this way in business for you? Because you're young and, you know, I think that there's, it's great. There's this opportunity with a lot of our younger docs that come out of school and I know that you were like, I'm gonna do things differently because your your entire brand is just so beautiful. I have loved it from afar because I'm all into that clean lines and you know, your building with your logo, it's gorgeous. So what was it that made you say, I'm not gonna do what everybody else did. I'm gonna, it's risky, but I'm gonna take yeah. this brand thing and I'm gonna do technology and all that. So tell the audience about that. I mean, technology was always a big part of my practice from the beginning. So I'm, I'm actually 44, I'm gonna turn 45 this year. So I'm not that young. Um, yes, it is, I'm 47, we're very, very young. So, we're to 110 according yeah. to our Um But for me, it, it was, I always want, I, never, I hate clutter. I hate like paper, I've always hated it. And when I, when I finished my fellowship, I was working in an office and the doctor was amazing, but it was like an old, really old school office. And there was like paper charts and there was just like shit falling out of the charts. And it was just such a disaster. Yeah. And I, you know, there's also like, if you told someone that, you know, said something to someone in your staff, Hey, can you call so-and-so or do this or do that? There was post-its and it was just like a big mess. So when I started my office, there was no paper. So this was 2009, March 23rd, 2009 is the first day of my practice open in New York City. Yes, happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, and so everything was purely paperless from day one. That's EMRs weren't even that huge back then. You know, there, there weren't tons of them that were there, but I wanted it to be electronic and all communication with my staff at that time, before like all the HIPAA laws and stuff changed was always through email. So if someone told me something, was say call doctor so-and-so, like my receptionist yeah. or something. I said, okay, send me an email though, you know? And the way I kept track of where the way things were done in my office was I always expected a response back, like done, completed, you know, whatever the tasks were. We are so like, just send, I just need to know because other, yeah. otherwise it's staying up here in the file. I'm going to think about it all night. So, <laughs> so that's, so now things have changed. Now we use Clara. I don't know if you're familiar with Clara, but it's like a, you know, HIPAA compliant, you know, texting software, inter-office and outside of the office. Mm -hmm. So now we use that in place of email. Um, but same philosophy, everything is in writing. And in, in like Clara, there's some kind of digital message that I can track. Right. And it was, it's always just been that way. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's actually funny because with my wife, you know, I have three kids and like, you know, there's all this, now there's nothing going on because we're sitting at home all the time, right. which has been amazing. That's been the best yeah. part of this thing. But when, when life is like kind of in full swing, I actually have my wife send me invites, calendar invites, so I can keep things organized, you know? Um, yes, I get that. Everything yeah. in my life is in my calendar on my phone. Everything. Yeah, I yeah, know. Totally. So it's just always been like, I've always been kind of hyper organized in that way. And, mm -hmm. you know, using technology, it's, it's so much easier to 
stay organized using technology. I mean, it's just right there. So my, my email inbox always has zero messages in it. The yeah. second it comes in, I'm either dealing with it right then and there, trashing it because it's not important, or scheduling it for when I'm going to take care of it. That's, wow. you know, That's I I, me. I, I certainly don't have that because I have the, because um, I've been an administrator, um, I have the CYA cover your yeah. ass thing going on. Yeah. And I've always like I've always benefited from pulling out an email, say from a patient where they said something and it yeah. wasn't what they're stating. So I've always kept that. But you're so, so I save all the emails. I'll archive it. I don't delete it. So I have everything. Okay. I need to access it. But my inbox, which is sort of my working to do list, yeah, is always it'll always get to zero the second I look at it. You know, I'll just awesome. triage everything really quick. So. Really, for me, it was always, that was my mindset. That's always kind of the way I function. I've kind of evolved and honed the way that I do it, you know, over the years. Sure. So when it came, like, with all this stuff, and listen, truth be told, like, I'm doing telehealth visits, but it's not support, it's not sustaining my practice, you know? Like, right, it's, an, right. it's an option for my patients, for me to stay connected with my patients, to kind of just ride this period out. Yes. But it's not like, like seeing, like usually on, a, on like a patient, I'd say like a Wednesday in my New York City office, I'll see 50 patients. Right. Like that's, I'm busy and I, you know, when I'm working, I'm really productive and really busy. I can't emulate that with telehealth. I can, I mean, I certainly can do it. I can bang out telehealth consults really quickly. Like you said with your son, it was a three minute visit. So what we do is we stack them and I'm done with them. Like, you know, yeah. 10 visits in like an hour, it's easy. But there's just not the volume there yet, you know? Sure. So I'm ready. I'm ready for it, you know, once, once it starts to really pick up and take off. Well, I'll tell you what, that is, that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it has to. No, no, no. No, it's going to happen. So here's my theory, okay? And uh, I'm saying it first. Actually, I've said it six times on every podcast that I've done. So now that people, it's kind of like Uber, right? You know, there's no way I ever thought I was going to go into an Uber. I grew yeah. up in New York. I oh, owned yeah. a cab. Even when I, it was, it took a long time. Even when I was visiting New York City to see family or whatever, I was hailing a cab still oh, yeah. because I just, I was like, I don't know, you know? And now, of course, like I would never, like, why would I do that? I would just take an Uber. Uber. It's amazing. It is actually a very good analogy. But because... so now everybody is, they're like, holy shit, I don't have to go into the office. Yeah. I don't have to bring my kid and have them in a waiting room. Cause right. I, I mean, I, before I ran pediatrics, I was in adult medicine with multi-specialty. It was the same thing in every office I've ever gone to, which was everybody's afraid I'm gonna get sick. Meanwhile, they don't realize that just being in line at a grocery store, you could catch more germs, doesn't matter. You don't even wanna spend the time right. telling people this, but um, now, they're, now they're gonna get used to it. And now they're not coming in. I mean, they're going to come in, right? Like there are certain things obviously that you can't do that most of my doctors can't do. Like I was talking to my dentist client yesterday. You know, there's so much technology surrounding what we can do with our cameras. Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, new stethoscopes that we can hook up to our phones. Um, there's so much great totally. technology. Totally. And all of the people that were like, we're just going to wait. Well, guess what? Now, now the market, right? Yeah. which is not necessarily me because I'm in the same industry as you. I'm just not a doctor. Right. Um, they're they're going to be like, yeah, this shit is awesome. I'm yeah. not going back. Yeah. It's kind of like you put your roots down early. You know, it's kind of like, it's sort of like, like in using like social media as an analogy, if like you're the first person on a platform, 
yes. or an early adopter, it's a lot easier for you to grow. Like for instance, like, you know, I went all in on TikTok, you know, and now I have like this huge TikTok account because I was like an early adopter and like, you know, yeah. videos go viral and, you know, which is a lot harder to do that on like say Instagram now or Facebook now mm-hmm. because there's just so many more users. It's hard for your content to really stand out. That's kind of the way I view telehealth. Like, you know, we're working out our kinks now, you yeah. know, and like we have a super streamlined system. So like, you know, my, I have like the, a Clara open with the patient's chart and mm-hmm. I'm texting with my staff, with my medical assistant. She's putting in the prescriptions real time and doing the note real time while I'm seeing the patient. And the second I'm done with the telehealth consult, which might be like five to 10 minutes long, the prescription's already at the delivery pharmacy getting ready to get delivered to the patient. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, that, and we're working at those little nuances now so that when it does hit, you know, we'll have already have figured everything out. Yeah. Folks are figuring things out, you know? So I did this great interview. I have a client that's in Fort Lauderdale. She, well, she, I used to do PR for her. And, um, you know, once I saw this was happening, I'm like, oh my God, I got to call Avivit because she owns a, um, a speech therapy online. So it's called like greatspeech.com. And so she has all of these um, speech therapists from all over the country that are able to do what we're doing right now. Right. And when she did it in 2013, everybody, you know, was like, oh, you're crazy. Nobody's ever going to do that. Yeah. And here she is now, seven years later. And she is like, oh my God, it's insane because people know that we're already set up and we've been established. Right. And now not only are, is she able to give such great service to the patients, but she also is staffing people like crazy. Yeah. But what a gift to be able to give other people these jobs in this time during totally. COVID. Totally. 19. I don't even want to like shorten the name, which I'm such a yeah. nickname type of person, but it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I had to cut a lot of my staff's hours down considerably, but I haven't laid a single person off. And yes. We're trying. I'm yeah. trying. It's tough on my staff, too. And I feel for them, you know, but I still see emergency patients and just if I can make one comment, you know, like a lot of every dermatologist that I know is basically with the exception of a, a handful of us have shut down and it makes me want to cry. And I'm going to tell you something. I was in my New York city office and I saw two pregnant patients who had abscesses that needed to be drained and a pregnant patient who had shingles. Oh my God. And, you know, just because like, you're like, you know, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not on the front line. I have tremendous respect for everyone that is. And God, I wish I could even do something on the front line to help out. Um, but just having your office open to keep a patient out of an urgent care center to like keep someone out of harm's way, potentially. I mean, there's a real value to that, you know? And even if it's a one or two patients, three patients, and I told my staff the same thing. I was like, you know, because we're here, because we're open and we came out here, and like, you know, we came to the office, like that pregnant woman didn't have to go to an urgent care center to get like a, you know, probably the wrong diagnosis because she's not seeing a dermatologist. Or if she had an abscess, like I could take care of everything soup to nuts because I'm in my office, you know? So what we're doing is we're basically doing mostly telehealth, but I I am in each office Mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of hours to deal with those types of issues, you know? And because I was in my office and a lot of my buddies had closed their offices, I was actually able to see some of their emergency patients. Uh-huh. They call me and say, hey, you know, can you see this patient? Yes, yeah, send them over because I'm here, you know. And- oh, it makes me want to cry. It's, I can't even, that's why, um, 
I'm so proud that you're doing that. Not just for, because I have a dentist client that um, I'm going to ask him to listen to this. And he, he said it on the podcast. So this isn't something I'm saying. He knows he's fine with him. He was in such a dark place when we were on the phone one day. And I was like, listen, you are going to overcome this. You know, he's from London. Um, he's Egyptian, immigrant, moved to New York when he had to go to dental school twice. You know how that goes. He, wrote a, he drove a cab in New York City, right, before he be, could become a dentist. And then he moves to Florida and he worked for somebody else. And then he said, I'm going to open my own practice. It reminds me so much of you because he wanted, he didn't want it to be the way it was in other offices. And he was having, I mean, he worked so hard and he got all the latest and greatest technology. And of course, it's such a burden financially that, and, and him too, you know, he, his, his heart is as big as, as America, you know, he wants to help as many people and he's had to do the same thing with the staff, but he's still open as well because he'd rather have somebody come in for an emergency visit than have to go to the hospital because we have to keep people out of the urgent cares and the hospitals like you're saying yeah. right now so we can so we don't like we don't have the capacity here in tampa bay or who knows we might is to bring like a naval ship yeah put our our patients in. i mean when i saw the images of the tents being set up in central park crazy. i was like people don't and i know all the images of clearwater beach didn't do any good for florida yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> That's the UPS man coming home. <laughs> that sounds like a big dog. Well, you know, he sound he is. He's a chocolate lab, but um, oh, yes. he would lick you to death. I know. My, I have a dog. I have a dog. Well, I have a Havanese now, but I had a Wheaton Terrier who was bigger than my Havanese, also small. But we would always say, like, if anyone ever broke into our house, he's going to, like, <laughs> he's going to kill them with love. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> he's not going to do shit for us. Right. That's what we say. He, um, he, he'll bark. Like, he'll scare yeah. anybody at the door. But then he, like, moonwalks back, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm scared to death. This kid, he's scared of mulch outside That's of you, too. So anyway, we digress, but um, this is real life. This is what's happening now. We're working from home, both of us. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's great that you're still open because there is a need. I mean, look, we had to go to the dermatologist with Cooper, but we did it on telehealth. And, yeah. and we still want to maintain, we, you know, it's the same thing with my um, age and weight management clients. You know, they, it's very important right now for people to not eat everything in the pantry. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so we have to watch our nutrition, which is a, a good segue for me to be able to talk to you because I know you're very regimented when it comes to, you know, mind, body, and spirit, and you're taking care of yourself physically. I'm disciplined OCD like you, probably not as much as you because I've seen you at the gym. It's, it's like, damn, no wonder, like there's 200 plus thousand followers on Instagram. <laughs> But you know, you have to do that because you have two offices, you have a family, you have a bunch of kids, you have a beautiful wife. It's a lot. So talk to the audience if you would about how that helps you um, get through and do what you have to do, not just here for COVID-19, but also in your practice and running your business. Yeah, you know, I mean, it sounds like so silly, um, but the, the honest truth is like with each kid, I was always like a skinny guy, you know, like growing up you know just kind of like a skinny fat 
mm-hmm. type of guy. If you're not like, never wanted to have my shirt off, you know, just because, you know, I was always a little. Shirt on in the pool? Yeah, no, never that bad, but like, you know, <laughs> cl- close. Um, but so with each kid, I gained 10 pounds, you know, like for some, my wife would just snap back into looking amazing, but I just kind of slowly devolved. And then I was, it was, it was Thanksgiving, I think it was like 2012 or something like that. And I was, I was, and I was sitting with, you know, at a belly and I had a lot of scotch on my belly. My brother-in-law who was at one point in like amazing shape uh-huh. had like uh, he had like a beer sitting on his belly and he looked over to me and he's like, dude, what happened? You know? And we were like, I was almost been like 36 or 37 at that point. And so he's like, let's make a bet. Who's going to get into the best shape by Memorial day. Okay. And you know, I'm very competitive. Yeah. So I was 196 pounds, 20% body fat. I got all the way down to 154 pounds, 8% body fat. Wow. I became a maniac about like nutrition. So I like, I, you know, I had a, an amazing like transformation. I looked like I was dying actually, you know? It's like people would see me and say, oh man, you lost a lot of weight, you look great. But then they'd ask my buddies like, dude, is he all right? Like, is he looks like he's dying, you know? But then from there I saw, so I basically like tore it all down and then I built it back up. and. It's funny because I, I have a trainer that I've been working with for years, Versan, who's been on my podcast. who's an amazing guy. He's actually the strength coach for the Nets. Oh, yeah, you interviewed him. Yeah, He's an amazing guy. He's like one of my best friends. Awesome. But it's funny, we joke because when we started out with training, he's like, all right, we're going to do all this functional stuff and this, that. And I, was, I was like, dude, listen, I just want to get jacked and look good with my shirt off. That was my goal, you know? <laughs> Um, and so I've been really, so like now my goals, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to like, I love the rock. He's like my favorite guy oh, in the world. God, I, adore him. I jokingly refer to myself as the doc, you know, and, uh, I'm trying to like get bigger. So like this, my That's goal this awesome. past year was to get, I'm actually like 200 pounds uh-huh. and like, which is two, and like maybe like 10% body fat. So I'm pretty lean oh, and wow. I'm trying to like put on more muscle. Um, but for me, it's all about, it's not so much like being fit helps me. Of course it does help me with all aspects of my life. Yeah, it's more of a mindset thing, you know, sure. so it's kind of like when I had that bet with my brother-in-law and like I, I lost all that weight and I was like, oh shit, I was like, wow, like I could like really like I can control my body and then yeah. I really, I started tracking my macronutrients, okay, I'm going to have 200 grams of protein a day and 250 grams of carbs and 100 grams of healthy fats, I weighed my food, um, I was really all in and just seeing how transformative that was and also like how I owned that transformation, I had total control. Yeah. It's so empowering, you know? It and it's is. like, you can really apply that to every aspect of your life. So when I started doing stuff on social media, I was like, all right, like I'm literally gonna post to Instagram every single day. And I have now for like over two years, I haven't missed one day That's ever. Um, you know, like all of these, you know, if you kind of, having like a physical transformation or any transformation, whatever it is, like financial, you know, career, whatever it is, it just empowers you to like really go balls to the wall in every aspect of your life. Cause why not? Like, you know, why just go through the motions? Like, you know, like, like, you know, when I started doing all the Instagram stuff, I was like, why, why can't I be one of like uh, an influencer, like spreading positive message? Like, why can't that be me? Why can't I be that voice You know, to really try to say, Hey, you can do it. If I could do it, you could do it. You know, and I really believe that it's a lot of work. You got to really be committed and dedicated. But if I can do any of the things that I've done, anyone, anyone can do it. I'll work harder than anybody. That's a fact, you know, but I get that. If you put in that much work, you know, you can literally accomplish anything. 
anything. You know, I just said to Alyssa, she's a, a digital media specialist. And um, so I was like, yeah, I was like, Dr. Muckley, he's got like 200 and something followers on Instagram. She was like, no way. Hold on a minute. So she looked at her. She's like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was like 50,000 when you guys yeah. were together last time on an interview. I'm like, there's no way he grew that much. And then I was like, yeah. Well, one, I got verified, I think, like a couple of months after. Checkmark. What? That, like, you know, things kind of snowballed after that quite a bit. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, no, I've seen you on the news, everything. But, you know, I love this part about you taking care of yourself because I, I'm sure that it helps in every way because it does. It, it helps our mindset. You know, yeah. um, I wrote a book about mental health. I don't know if I've told yeah, you that or you saw it on social. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, you know, I've been sober 25 years and I never wanted to like talk about this stuff publicly, uh, you know, especially in the medical industry. I've always been the boss. I mean, in New York, it was New York Medical. I was director of operations for this huge organization. And my, the doctor that ran the place was always like, you know, Sharon, you got to wear your red suit today and you have to be a leader and you never want to let them see you cry or sweat or and everything is completely changed but especially now like in business because I've been able to run my businesses the way I want to and and, and be a value to somebody else and encourage somebody else I was like I don't want to be I don't want to be a fraud yeah I don't want you all to think that I'm like this today because I got lucky no you know, uh, I mean, I know because of listening to, I feel like I know your mother, listening to that podcast. I listened to it again yesterday. Um, uh, I love it. So I can't get through it without crying, especially uh, when I see you guys on our video. Uh, but, you know, knowing what you came from and watching your mother and the appreciation yeah. that you have for family and, and me having immigrant parents that, you know, came here as teenagers from another yeah. country and didn't know anybody. Like, I remember one day I said to my mom, I was like, well, mom, you know, I moved to Florida by myself, you know, years ago. She's like, well, I've moved here from another country by myself. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I, I what, what my mom did, I, she, endured a tremendous amount something i've never ever ever because of her had to have gone through what she went through you know but i grind because of her i know? know it's obvious and i think that that's what that's what makes us great i'll just say it i mean i have so much empathy for what everybody goes through so i want to help everybody but I also, I take on what a lot of people go through right. because, and that's why I, I'm doing these daily podcasts because the truth is I've never been busier, which I'm so grateful for right. with these two companies. But my, the reason that I'm on this earth is to help others. And I know that what most people don't understand about physicians is that, you know, they go into this business of medicine to heal people they don't go in to like fire somebody at the job or, you know, jack up the prices, all the things that I get right. to hear, which are so, they're ignorant and I understand, right. but it, if anybody knew what it was like inside of the industry yeah. and then saw all of these other wonderful aspects of a lot of the doctors that I am so blessed to have in my life, who they really are, and, and that's why your social is so good. It's one of the other reasons that I always 
recommend that doctors look towards what you're doing because it's hard for you guys. You know, you're taught in medical school, you know the answer no matter what, you know, and it, you guys are looked to as leaders and for you to say something like, I don't know, would be amazing, <laughs> you know, and I think that because you've been so humble and, and gracious that it's attractive not only to patients that want to come and see you, but also for the community of physicians to know that you can be yourself. Totally. And you could say you've made mistakes. Yeah. And you could say, like, you had a tough time. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like for your friends right now that are dermatologists that have had to close their businesses, you know? Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's hard for, I mean, I need my, it's not just all, my wife's a dentist. She's completely shut down. Um, all the dentists that she knows, they've completely shut down because I think that the ADA actually required them to shut down until April 20th with the exception of emergency visits. Right. Same um, you know, most of the doctors I know have just come who are private practice have come to this, a grinding halt. The doctors I know who work in the hospital system are just getting crushed right now. You know, it's, um, I mean, they're just getting crushed. Yeah. And it's tough, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, I really feel for them, you know, yeah. it's that, that's who is really kind of fighting this fight. I almost feel bad calling myself, <laughs> calling myself a doctor because I'm not there on the front lines. Oh, but you know, it's so, and you're not the first doctor that I've heard this from. Yeah. And I want, I want everybody that's in this healthcare industry alone. Like that's why I'm not even, I've put it out where I'm happy to interview anybody in the healthcare industry. Yeah. I, you know, you don't have to be a doctor. You could be a health coach. You yeah. could be a fitness instructor. Yeah. Like we're all a part of this. And, Absolutely. and everybody actually needs your resources because you are not in the hospital today. I get to bring your content to my audience to help them. So no matter what, like, I, I can, I can like feel that in my heart when you said that, um, you, we, you are all doing your part and, and you're not disappearing. I think that that's so paramount right now. I've been trying desperately and I'll tell you that I just left, I was like running here. I was so glad that there was some technical things actually happening so I could get my thoughts together yeah. because one of, I just left my doctor, you know, she had to pay me for the media that we do. And she said, she's like, listen, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go forward the next few months. And the first thing I'm like, no, what? No, like this isn't the time actually to go away. I understand that some people there's, there's absolutely no doubt that they have to let go of their staff or they yeah. have to make serious changes, but there's also this unbelievable opportunity, right? Yeah. Don't you feel that way? You know, I, I, <laughs> It's tough. It's to be, not, I mean, to be honest with you, yes. not really, you know, so I think there's an opportunity, like I'm trying to maximize whatever lemons I have right now and yes. trying to make whatever, as much lemonade as I can. Right. But to be perfectly honest, I just financially, it's devastating. Yeah. You know, it's, I have like, I own both of my spaces. I have mortgage payments that I need to make for both of my spaces, which I talked to my banks. I'm going to defer. Right. Um, but I have also loan payments on equipment. Yeah. I have lasers, you know, yeah. I have health insurance costs for my staff. So there's a lot of money going out and there's no money coming in. Right. My, a big part of my business is pathology. You know, with all of my practices, all of my referring doctors practices are closed, you know, 
So there's not, you know, it's, it, the, the, well, it's, but listen, that being said, yes. So from a financial business perspective, I think for all doctors in private practice, it's, it's a really hard time and it's going to yeah. be a hard time. Um, but from an emotional perspective, this is like time that I would never have with my kids, like my dog, my wife, and it's really been on some of the most fun weeks that I've had, you know, yeah. just hanging out with my kids, watching movies, just spending time with them individually. We're not running around from activity to activity. You know, everyone is so hyper scheduled these days and you know, now there's no schedule. So we're literally just chilling out as a family, getting to know each other. My daughter's 12, almost a teenager and spending time with her, you know, as she's kind of going through, you know, like that part of life. <laughs> and you know, my, I spend spending time with my two sons and just hanging out with my wife. I've been doing a lot of like FaceTime calls with my doctor friends and other friends. Like tonight, my whole freshman hall from college is doing a Zoom happy hour together. I mean, things like this is like, you know, that's the beauty of a time like this. Everyone, the world's on hold right now, right? And, um, you know, just taking advantage of this time because when the world comes back, it's going to be, you know, busy. You know, and everyone's going to be busier than they were probably, you know, before because there's going to be such a need. So I'm just Good my spin. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm so I'm like, as hard as it is now, and I know it will rebound. And I'm right now. It's just like you know, I'm just trying to take advantage of all the time that I have. I'm working out more. I'm just you know, like mentally getting stronger, staying positive. We're focusing on content, different types of content. I'm doing doing a lot more of these types of podcasts, which has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, just really trying to max out, you know, trying to max out the time that I have and, you know, just really be ready to hit the ground running. When well, here's my perspective. We that are not doctors, we need you guys now more than ever. So yeah. my thing is like, don't go away yeah. because we're coming back. Yeah. So just like I feel about people getting used to this way of communicating, everybody's business is going to shift. Everybody's lives are going to shift. Totally. I know that you already know this. Yeah. We need this more than ever in the world. As said, all right, disclaimer, in a million years, I don't want this to happen. I don't want COVID-19. I don't want to hear about people dying. I don't want to hear about the tents in Central Park. I don't want to, God forbid, if I lost somebody close to me. And there's a good chance that that's going to happen. Yeah. That's reality, right? But the world is going to come back. So if, if we go away right now, people are going to remember that. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah. Where were you? You were there every day when I was giving you money. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah. Well, no, that's, it's very true. But I'm, I, trying, I'm trying, and I know that you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And this is why I'm saying it. I know that you aren't going to, you're not going to disappear, but a lot of people are going to disappear. And I don't want that. I don't, I don't care if all of my doctors tell me that they can't pay me anymore. That's the truth. I mean, that's not what I want. And then I say that I'm like, I don't want to speak. I believe everything that comes out of my mouth, right. I could speak to, but I will always reinvent myself. I will always, because I'm 25 years sober. I almost died. So this to me is like, there was a time in my life where I wanted to leave this earth. The last thing in the world is me wanting to leave this earth. Right. And this earth, actually, Mother Earth, needed a nice little sweep, right? Yeah. So there's no like CO2, well, the CO2 is still going up in the air. But, you know, 
I saw a lot more butterflies today when I walked outside. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's what winners do. You know, so, win yeah. winners make a lateral, adapt, and, and, you know, figure it out and move on. Yeah, know? and I think that people are going to look to you, you know, when you're on this happy hour tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, I am really, really, um, I want to make sure that you get to hear this. I'm really grateful for you. As I am for you. I think that you are doing amazing work. I'm That's so happy that you're okay and your family's okay. I love hearing that you're taking the time because we're doing the same thing. I'm looking forward to this weekend because we're gonna sit outside and have a little barbecue and you know, we're just together. And yeah. we don't need to, you know, it just goes to show we don't need to go to Disney. Totally. You know, to make some kind of magic happen. You can That's make right. it right here with your, your family. So totally I'm grateful for you. And um and I hope you interview me one day about my book. The yes, book I gotta read your book first though. I will send it to you, I will autograph it, and I will Ooh, mail yeah. it to you. Please. Yeah. I'm actually writing a book myself. I just, I'm, I'm almost done with that. I'm sort of spending a lot of time doing these, this downtime as well. Good for, you. Good for you. I start writing my second in one and a half weeks. So I love good. it. Awesome. Yeah. I'll see you. Send me a copy, please. I promise you. A signed copy. Of course. All right. It's going to be worth millions one day. Hey, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. And please stay safe. Stay well. You too. You Namaste. Send my love to everybody in New York. I will. Safe. So good Thank to see you. you. You too. Take All care. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. The corresponding video can be found on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Let's get it.